Welcome to Keeping Business Real, the podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, and in four short years, I've built a thriving online business that supports our family. This podcast offers an honest and very real take on the reality of online business, strategies for growing yours, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I've got no time for BS. I'm all heart and all action. Let's keep it real. Oh, it's a fun day when you can be looking at one of your favorite people on Zoom, recording a podcast, and just generally really excited to have a chat because we like chatting. We're both. We do like chatting. And when you know she's got such amazingly valuable stuff to share with your audience. Welcome, Ange. Hello, hello, Lise. How are you? I'm really good. So you guys, if you don't follow Angela Henderson Consulting and haven't joined her free Facebook group, which is called? The Australian Business Collaborative. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, amazing, <laughs> amazing Facebook group. Then you've got to go and do that. And today we're going to be talking all about the things that no one really tells you when you're starting an online business. So Angie's she has grown a super successful online business. She now helps other people do the same. And the reason why I like following her and the reason why I get so much value from her stuff is because, like, let's face it, I didn't actually have any business experience when I was starting this stuff. There's things that I absolutely kept my head in the sand about. When you're growing a business, like a legit business, there's certain things that you can't ignore. And I see the online space filled with people who are just like working on their course and they just want to create an amazing thing that's going to change everybody's lives. But like, where's the business conversation here? Where's the actual strategy behind this? Do people understand their numbers? Are they trying to be everything to a business when the business might need different skills and different strengths? So today, We're going to dive into some of that and it might be confronting to hear some of this. And I know that for so many of us, our task lists are way beyond what we can actually achieve day to day. So this is not meant to be overwhelming. It's just like, let's have this conversation. If there's things that are new to you or things that feel um, might not have come into your planning for your either starting a business or growing your business then get your pen and paper out and write this shit down because you are going to want it at some point or another. So, Ange, do you want to just give people a little bit of background so they actually know that you know your stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Like I'm not just, as I say, a coach off of the back of like a cereal box. So, yes. Uh, Listen, where did it all start? So I had a baby nine years ago and his name is Finley John, my little soul. And I kept getting like electronic toys and I was like, okay, listen, we all have electronic toys. Let's be honest. But I was like, there's got to be more to this. Like it's battery operated. This thing just keeps talking to Finley, but how is this like sparking his own imagination or creativity? So then I started looking for other wooden toys and then I found other wooden toys. And then I thought, well, hold on a minute. If I'm thinking this, maybe there's other people out there that equally could benefit from what I'm trying to do. So I created Finley and Me, which is an e-commerce platform. We had at one stage about 1400 different products that we would sell. And it's predominantly around creating childhood memories through play, love, and travel. And it's about like the old school playing, connecting with nature, getting the sticks and rocks out. And the toys that they did buy, again, allowed kids to kind of guide the toy versus the toy telling it what to do or the TV screen. Now, full disclosure, my kids do have iPads, they do watch TV, and we do have electronic toys. So I don't want anyone out there like wanting to throw things at the audio here. But yes, but 
I knew there was something out there. And so that's where Finley and me started with the e-commerce platform. And then I started blogging. I think that's where I first met you was at ProBlogger with Darren Rouse years ago. And yeah, and then I became one of Australia's leading parenting bloggers, working with companies like Netflix, Pino Cruises, Spotlight, and a variety of other different international brands also. And then, yeah, Angela Henderson Consulting was never in the game plan. It just kind of happened, which happens to so many entrepreneurs out there. Sometimes you do wing it. Um, and sometimes the best plans come. I just kept getting asked to pick my brain. Can I pick your brain? Can I take you out for coffee? And then it kind of had the aha moment where I looked at my diary and figured out in over two months, eight in each month, I had gone for different coffees with people who were picking my brain. I don't even drink coffee, um, but they wanted my expertise. And I thought, well, hold on a minute. If I would have charged each of those people, or if I continue or start charging people, I can have a secondary business. And that's how Angela Henderson came about. So yeah. It's so cool. Um, it's so cool to get those runs on the board. And because you've been in the game for so long, you've seen a lot of stuff happen. You would have made all the mistakes. 100%. Yep. And um, to be able to come out the other side and go, actually, I know some stuff that's going to mm-hmm. help some people. So mm-hmm. when people come to you and they want help with their business, they might become a coaching client. What are some of the things that you see time and time and time again that people have not prioritized Mm -hmm. and it's bit them on the ass? Yeah, listen, I mean, there's a lot of common threads and it's the same common threads that I saw with Finley and me. And then I created a foundation for that. And then with Angela Anderson Consulting, you know, again, you kind of find something that works. And when people come to me, ultimately, I'm working with women in business to develop the foundational structure they need to grow a sustainable and profitable business. And I'm a firm believer it's for many of you out there, you've probably heard the book, The Three Little Pigs. If you've got a house made of straw and a house made of hay, and then you've got a house made of bricks, most businesses when they come to me are the business made of straw or the business made of hay. They're technically standing. They've got a small foundation, but it wouldn't take much for it to blow over because they don't actually have a business made of bricks uh, like the third little pig did in the book. That's the analogy that I've been able to come up with. So when people come to me, They're doing things like, oh, I'm spending $3,000 a month on Facebook ads, but nothing's converting. So then I'll look at their copy. I'll look at their messaging. We'll make sure that the, like, and I'm not a tech Facebook person, but we'll work with their Facebook team. But before we even kind of dig into that, I'm like, let me just look at your website. Because if you're driving traffic to a shitty website, then you're actually wasting your marketing dollars. So part of my foundational elements that I look at is when people land on your website, you only have six seconds for that person to decide if they're staying or going. So do you have clear messaging? Are you guiding them to your primary call to action? I was working with an e-commerce platform once and their shop was at the bottom of the page. Well, you have to hope that that person's scrolling all the way to the bottom of the page to buy your product. So you need a website that's conversional. Um, You need to not be running ads to stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, to me, it's all about the foundations. Yeah. And I'm not too sure about the types of businesses that you mostly help, mm-hmm. whether it is e-commerce or whether it's coaches or stuff like that. It's pretty much 55-45. It's like okay. ha- e-commerce is more by just that small percentage. And then it's the coaching clients or service-based businesses of some sort. Because the foundational framework that I'm talking about is imperative to web- any business, not just e-commerce or a service-based business. So have they found themselves just like, are they in deep strife by the time they come to you? What would be, you know, where are they at? And what do you see are the main struggles? Because 
I think it's awesome. And you know, I'm always a huge fan of taking imperfect action mm-hmm. and just putting one foot in front of the other. And I, mm-hmm. and I did that. Then it got to a point where I was like, this is chaos. Yes. If I didn't get someone quickly into my business who could have switched that around for me, it was 100% not sustainable the way I was doing things. Resistant to systems, no planning whatsoever, like going from one launch to the next in a boom bust cycle. Like I'm probably mm-hmm. a dream client. A few <laughs> um, and lucky I got someone into my business. She just tidied everything up. Mel is amazing. Mm-hmm. But is that the sort of things that you see are happening? That there's this world where it's like, you know, just get out there, have a go, build a course. They um, will come. Sell it. And yeah, yeah, oh, build and they will come. Yes. Yep. I mean, does anyone really still believe? Oh, no, actually they do. Because I've seen people. People spend, still believe. Spend a year putting an e-course together and then feel devastated that no one they, buys it. That no one bought it. Because, and so those are the things. It's like, to me, you must have community. And you and I are both in Caitlin Batcher's um, mastermind. And one of the things that Caitlin said the other day was conversation equals conversion. And I couldn't agree more with that. It's like, if you aren't having conversations out, whatever that looks like at networking events on Facebook groups, and you're not making yourself known or active, then it doesn't matter if you're e-commerce or if you've created a course, who's buying from you? There's like no one buying from you, you know? So to me, that's a really a big thing is, yeah, conversation equals conversion. Yeah. Okay. So can we just talk, because you're also a lot about profit. And, mm-hmm. you know, the pillars of profit, I know mm-hmm. it's your course. And mm-hmm. um, I think there's this, this thing going on out there where people will put out revenue numbers mm-hmm. and feel really excited about revenue, but profit isn't even really spoken about. Oh, Jesus, don't get me started. I'm not a violent person, but if I see one <laughs> more thing where I'm like, oh, I had a five-figure launch or, oh, I had a six-figure launch. And I'm like, okay, that's all fine and well. And I'll be very honest, my profit pillar course that I launched last year was our beta course, but I wanted to outsource as much as I could because it wasn't my strength. Like I wrote the course and I structured the course, but I needed someone to pull all that pieces together, right? I needed a Facebook team. I needed all that. So my launch was a $40,000 launch. Now, some of you out there going, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do that. Remember, I'm the extreme case in that. I needed just to outsource to get it done. And I knew if I could outsource and get it done correctly, that the rest of this will be much easier. So I, I was prepared, my family and I were prepared to take that. But by doing that though, what people don't realize is, I, yes, I had a six, I had a five figure launch. I brought in $22,000. Yet technically I had a five figure. But what people don't realize is I actually had paid the $40,000. So I'm actually in deficit $18,000. So, but people are, they talk about it in groups every single day. They talk about it on podcasts. They talk about, no one ever talks about, okay, what else is behind those numbers, you know, because it's not a hundred percent profit margin. There's no way it's a hundred percent profit margin. Ever, ever, ever. And that's what I totally agree. That's why I call my podcast keeping business real. Cause I can talk to you all about my revenue, but I can also say that, you know, I'm now entering my fourth year of business mm-hmm. and it's really this year that I can see that there will be a profit made in my business. I put every single cent I made for the first, I would say, 18 months back into the business. Yep. And that's, and that's where I guess the keeping it real stuff comes in, right? Is like, you have to be prepared to literally sacrifice 
your salary. You have to be prepared to eat beans on toast at the extreme. You have to be prepared to bypass that family vacation maybe for one or two years because you got to see. And that's like the thing people think that I might be rolling around in money. But the reality of it is, is my family and I only pull $1,000 a week from the account. That's it. Everything else goes into scaling the business. Right. Okay. So how does someone create this foundation? Mm -hmm. Because I can hear people already going, but like, how do I know my idea is really good? Like maybe I'm just fooling myself here. That seems too slow to me or that's not enough to me, whatever. But Mm -hmm. you have rock solid belief in what you're doing that there's a market for it, that this is what you want to do. How do you get yourself to a point where you know, okay, I'm prepared to sacrifice because I believe in what I'm doing and I believe it can sell. So I'll do what needs to be done. It comes back to community. When I first started, this was never part of the plan. So I, at the very beginning, people were just coming to me by referral or through Finley and me. So then I thought, okay, well, before I create the website, I was like, I'm just going to start being active in Facebook groups. That's free. I'll start saying that my website, which again, we were building the site, but the site wasn't live. So if they needed to get a hold of me, they email me here. So that was free. And then I just started testing whether or not there was a need for what I need, for what like I was able to offer people. And if the need wasn't there, then I kind of knew like, okay, great. I haven't spent copious amounts of money and time into this. But right. then I cut, I would get one client, I would get two clients and I got up to 20 clients, you know? And then I was like, okay, well, this is a valid service that is going on. And then I was like, okay, what's our priorities? What are the foundations do we need to start laying? Which the website was first, but then what is my messaging? I can't just say I work with everyone in business. Like, well, I typically don't work with males. Do you mean? So right away I work with women. I work with women who again, wanted to grow a sustainable and profitable business. Some people don't want that, right? They've got other ideas, but again, you could even niche down. Like I work with women in business who are hairdressers, if you wanted to, you know, and you'd have a super niche market. So I had to figure out who my market was, but I also built a super strong community, like super strong community. I think Um, people don't think about that sub niche. They think mm -hmm. that they just, I'm for all women or I'm for all mums, or I'm for this or that or the other. And there's always a sub niche. Mm -hmm. And I think the clearer you can get on that, I'm totally with you on this essential element of building a sustainable business. Know who the freak you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Yep. 100. Like you have to know, because again, if you don't know who you're you're talking to and they land on your page, or if it's not even who you're talking to or what you're selling, Mm. if you're in e-commerce and they land on that page and within six seconds, they don't know that you can solve their problem that they have, they're gone. So not only do you need a website, but you need clear messaging that is going to be nailing your ideal client. And you can do that two ways. You can either lead by pain, which you're going like on mine, I lead more by pain because of my demographics. Like, are you struggling with this? Are you wearing many hats as a mom? You know, like chef, cook, cleaner, whatever. Or you can lead by statement where you're like, hi, I'm Angela and I help women in business do X, Y, and Z. So again, how are you going to be leading when they land on your site? Where are your call to actions? Are they at the bottom of the page for people to click through and purchase, whether or not it's your course or your product, or is it at the top of the page where it should be so they can be guided fairly easy? And there's also an assumption around you need a pretty website. No, if you ever are working with any freaking web developer that says they can make you a pretty website, you literally need to not ever talk to them again because <laughs> it's not about a pretty website. It's about a conversional website. Because in the ideal world, there are lots of people who are visually impaired, who legit, this is the test. Anyone should be able to click on your website and convert. 
even if they're visually impaired. And if they can't do that, then your website needs an enormous amount of work. And that's the foundation. And people also forget that your website is open 24 hours a day. Whereas if you're, again, keeping it real, many people will try and build a business on Etsy or they'll build a business on Facebook or on Facebook groups. But if your algorithm changes or if they close down your page, which we've all seen it happen before, you don't actually have a sustainable business. Whereas by building a solid website and clear messaging and all of that on there, your website's running for you 24 hours a day. And on the back of that too, like rating the importance of an email list. Oh my gosh, absolutely. So on that website, as one of those primary foundations I work with my clients on, is then it's like, well, what's the lead magnet? Mm. And once you get, and so a lead magnet is just something that you're giving people for free. For those of you that don't know out there, it could be a checklist. It could be... um, I'm just trying to think off my top of my head. It could be an ebook. Yeah. Like it could be a video series. It could be whatever it is that's going to work for solving a problem for your ideal client. Um, and then, but so many people will gather the email lists. Many clients will come. Yeah. I've got 6,000 on my email list. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is gold. When was the last time you emailed them? Six months ago. I'm like, Oh no. Like you're sitting on like, you're actually, well, you might not be sitting as much gold as you were because now they don't know who you are. And then I'll say, well, what was your email sequencing? What's that? And again, don't get me wrong. I too was like that at the beginning. You don't know what you don't know. I have no idea. No. And one of the questions you asked earlier on is when men come to me, what is it? The thing is, is most women that come to me are like the smartest women I know. And they actually know that they need these bits and pieces. They just don't know the how to's. So they've heard of a lead magnet, but they're like, well, what's that? Or they've heard about an email sequence, but don't understand. So it's not if you're out there going, oh, I didn't know. Don't feel bad. My thing is, is you can't change the past, but you can only change the future and you can choose to action this and then grow your business. So yeah, but lead magnets, emails, um, sales funnels, you know, like I know it sounds complicated. It did to me when I first started, but you need all these foundational elements because it's when you get that, you can start looking at your numbers and you can start looking at projecting your future, um, what you can take from the business, what you can't take from the business. But again, it comes down, Lisa, if I have to say anything is that community again, and I know I'm harping on it, but when I was at rock bottom with my depression and anxiety back in what month, what year would that have been? In the beginning of 2017, I knew that I had to surround myself with the right people. And I thought, well, if I could start meeting local people in Brisbane, that would force me to get out versus staying at home in the depression cycling. So then that's when I cut off with a few people. And then from there, it went to like, 100 people to 200 people to 300 people. And that's that community that not only got out of the depression and the anxiety, but equally helped me to get the business to where it needed to go and continues. Because when you have community, people will rally around you. And also, if you respect them like a human, as in humanizing your brand versus treating people like a number, they actually do your marketing for you. People tag me a dozen times a day in different groups. People talk about me at different times. So because I've treated them with kindness and generosity, and they might not be buying from me, but that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I need to know that I can hug someone if I saw them on the street, regardless of if there's been a monetized, you know, exchange of money between two parties. So it's, I think it's important to go back, not only to the structural elements, but to people are people, you know, don't treat them like numbers. You know, I just, this conversation I think is so important. And I know that a lot of people thought that I had, they're like, Lisa Cordoff had a $35,000 launch, her first launch, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'd also been in conversation for 18 months for free via my blog and my Facebook page. Like, 
selling nothing. It took me that long to build up community and trust. And then, and because I was in conversation, like I I see them as my community. I mean, (laughs) my husband had a, an art uh, showing like his, the opening night for his art exhibition. And some of my small steppers came along. It's so cool. They feel like we're friends. Like we have catch-ups and stuff like that. And I just think my whole business has always been about them. Who Mm -hmm. vibing with this? Who can I help? How can I serve? And all of that sort of stuff. Um, Which, you know, but then once again, I remember when I got my first really proper website, when Mm -hmm. I upgraded, rebranded, it was all very exciting, very, very, very new. And my friend Alyssa, who did my website, she's like, well, and now you have to add content once a week. Don't just let this be for nothing. Yes. And I just basically took that advice and made sure something new went on that website every single week. Yeah. I then emailed my email list every single week with whatever was new, Mm -hmm. not selling them. And it's just like that boring consistent approach is what builds businesses. People need to trust you. They need to trust that you're not some fly by night or you're only going to get in touch with them when you're going to sell them something. The majority of time, um, people jump into my membership, which is $33 a month. That's not a huge ask. Over six months is the average amount of time someone needs to be on my list Mm -hmm. in order to be able to jump into my membership. And I just think people don't get how hard you have to work to help people for free for a long period of time before they're like, yeah, you're my person. I get you. I trust you. I've seen you enough. And you are such, like you are the Australia's primary example of networking and relationships and connecting and service. And um, from a real, like, oh God, I was just about to use the word like heartfelt space, but You've kind of got this real straight up approach, but also just like bestie approach. And it just. Because I just, I think about like how lonely being an entrepreneur is. Like, dude, it sucks some days. You're just like, great. I'm now mom. And I'm talking about like poo and farting and something. And then you're like, okay, great. Then you're like, okay, now I get to work. And then you're looking at your computer screen. You're like, well, I haven't talked to another human in however long. And so to me is when people are in my Facebook group, and they take the time to comment. I'm like, I need to show them the same respect back and engage in them. Like they've taken the time to engage in me. And maybe that one touch point that I have with them is what they needed because they too are having a lonely week, you know? So I always try and think about like, there's always more under the surface with anyone, right? Mm. And yes, it is from a strategy point of view, but it's just like, we need to go back to just being kind to people and not worrying that it's always that there's a mindset that there's a deficit around things or there's not enough for it to go around. Because a lot of people say, oh, I give too much away for free. And I'm like, yeah, but I actually don't advertise any of my VIP clients. I've got 17 VIP clients anywhere up to 25. And they all, like I've paid $0 in advertising. So obviously what I'm doing is working. So who are you to tell me that I shouldn't be interacting with these people and treating them like humans, you know? And I think there's just, uh, yeah, it's about mindset and that people thinking there's not enough or you've got to be doing what everyone else is doing. Sometimes you have to do the counterintuitive and stop doing what everyone else is doing, even though it will take every bone in your body and every fiber to go against that grain. But when you do it, you keep true to who you are. Did it always come naturally to you that outreach and conversation because I definitely think that 
that's social media and is kind of like a a tough, well, not necessarily their number one strategy. Like they're too busy doing lots of other things and they kind of put it on the back burner. It's just an annoying added extra that they have to do. Has it always been natural for you? It's always been quite natural. But again, I also, even before social media was like massive, massive, like when I first started Finley and Me, I made it my priority to attend a lot of things face to face and I continue to do that. So with Finley and Me, I would spend about $30,000 a year doing all the pregnancy and baby expos, you know, so I'd be in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide, going from there. And it was the people that then I met having a glass of wine or two or three glasses of wine at the end of that, that those relationships, then we would do giveaways together. And then those giveaways would increase our newsletter list and those newsletter lists would increase our revenue. And if they had a bad day, you could call on them. So I was already big about connections, you know, and a lot of people are like, yeah, but I'm an introvert. Well, listen, I'm quite extrovert, but I also know when my energy is getting depleted. So I'm quite mindful. Okay, great. I can go to this event, but I need to retreat back to my room for a little while. So Mm -hmm. I think anyone can do it. It's just, you've got to choose how you do it. And the other thing is people might go, oh, well, I don't have 30 grand to go to an expo or don't do this. There are free networking events in any major city, even rural areas that you can start at going. I always say caveat though, that when you go to free events, just be mindful that your ideal client might not be there you could be giving a lot. And then I always say, well, then it might be worth that you pay for the $25 ticket to be in a more uh, better surroundings, I guess, with people. And then you then go to like, you're coming to my retreat, then, you know, four day, three night women in business retreat, or like, I'll go to James Trumko's Maldives. Like there's, you can always stagger it how you want, Mm -hmm. but you just need to be constantly connecting with people. And in the time where social media is overtaking people's lives, I genuinely believe we're going to see the pendulum start to swing back about people just want connection and connection is where the growth will be. Oh, without a doubt, 100%. We're talking the same language here. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So I guess just to kind of, to finish up or to just get really, really practical, mm-hmm. people who are listening to this, who are just like, can't it just be about, you know, I just want to serve. I just want to create a beautiful space or I just want to, help people change this or that or whatever it is, whatever it is. If they were to say their business goal was to earn like revenue of a hundred grand in 12 months, mm-hmm. what would you say to them is it's going to be impossible for you to ignore these elements of your business? Yeah. So if I had to say like, you, these are the action items that you have to do. Again, I've already honed in on ideal client. Court. Well, even before your ideal client, do you have a freaking product and service that is actually going to sell? Like how, legit. So do they work that out? And how do they work that out? So for if you're a service-based business, you can easily throw up a landing page. So if you've been active in groups and you've got an idea for a course, but you don't want to pay money to start the course or the time to write your own course, throw a landing page up, the crap out of it. And do you know what I mean? Other groups, ask friends, call in favors if you need to, to have them send it on email list guide them to the landing page. If people start buying, all right, then we're good. Start making the course, rock and roll. But if you're getting crickets, you have to go, okay, well, assess why is the crickets? Is my course not actually what they want? Or have I not created enough community to create that course? So you need a product or service that actually is valid. Again, you can get people in groups to, you can create your own mini group and test your product to other people before you actually go to say China and manufacture 10 million of them. Get people testing it. You can always do small quantities. So, but again, people don't normally want to do that because they know if they do that, there is an essence of failure. 
So they normally will just go and make the product or the course and then just whinge about it if something doesn't go right. So that's the first thing is validate your idea Two, figure out your ideal client, figure out your messaging and get a website that is actually going to convert because without that, you're and with a lead magnet. If I had to think about I call it the moneymaker map. And what I talk about is, is assess other ways that your business, that you can monetize your business. So for me, Finley and me was e-commerce, but I also was able to make, you know, thousands of dollars a month through blogging. With Angela Henderson Consulting, I do free stuff, but I also do mini workshops. I do my retreat and I do my VIP and my eight week course. Look at what else. Now that's a lot, but I've been around longer, but what else could you do? So if you have a bad month, you still got money coming in from the other platform. Then, you know, what is your content strategy? Like you said, I release one new blog post and one new podcast a week. Um, what, what are they doing from a content strategy point of view to warm their audience? What are you doing to build your email list? And what are you doing to get them into that sales funnel? Because without that, if you don't have that down, it's going to be very hard to then even look at. We haven't talked about outsourcing and getting your dream team. Do you know what I mean? That's a whole nother. But again, once you get that, and you tickety-boo and you start selling things, you're going to have to look at you know, outsourcing your dream team. And lastly, really look at your damn numbers. Like every client I have, one of the, we normally do it on month two or month three, is we pull Google Analytics and I make them look at how, if it's an e-commerce, how many people actually landed on your site, how many people put to cart, how many people abandoned cart, how many people checked out, and people freak out because, they, again, out of sight, out of mind. If we're... Um, a service-based business will look at, okay, great. How many people landed on the blogs? How many people signed up to their content upgrade? You know, what are the marketing strategies? So your numbers are massive because without actually knowing your numbers, it's going to be very hard to be sustainable and profitable. So that's, I know it's a lot there, but I think you, you can't just look at one piece. If you're genuinely looking at your business, you've got to look at it from that lens. Oh, I just love all of that. And you know, the thing is, some of it's not that sexy. You no, know, dude, it's not. You know, most some, of it isn't sexy. And yet, foundational if you actually want to build a business here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there in the mm-hmm. online business world. And sometimes you just need a straight shooter who is going to tell you what you need to work on and, you know, what's working, what's not working. Like the, the whole numbers thing. I keep my head in the sand. I have kept my head in the sand about numbers mm-hmm. so much because if I just saw the right number in the bank account, everything's fine. Fine, we're good. Yep. You just lose this ability to, and you know what? Numbers also depersonalize things. I reckon we can get so attached to, yes. our, to our businesses, to our products, even to our freaking opt-ins. Like we're like, this is amazing. Like yep. everyone should want this. Well, if people don't actually really click on it, try again. Like just try something else. Depersonal. It's never about us. It's about whether we are creating that, like whether we're meeting our market where our market is at and, you know, all of the, the marketing stuff around it. I feel like unless if we stay really attached to how we want to give and what we want to give, then we're kind of missing the point. There's a number of ways for me to launch my membership and I like creating new stuff. So yeah. <laughs> all the time. And Mel, who is my business manager, is like, Lisa, we're going to be rolling out a membership launch. We're going to be using the Dinner Hacks training series because it works and people love it. I'm like, I can't roll that out again. 
you can and yes, you, you can focus Lisa focus yeah because she's like it's not about it's not about like that we tried something new and it didn't go as well yeah so can we just go back to what works and I'm like okay well I'll find something else new and creative to do like record a podcast as much as sticking with again don't change the wheel if it's not broken mm. but I also think that if the wheel is broken so many business owners don't give themselves permission to pivot permission oh, yeah. to close up shop permission to whatever that looks like um I say this often on podcasts but Dan Norris another entrepreneur here who um owns a brewery company now Black Hops uh, a great entrepreneur and he always talks about fail fast yes so, like, <gasps> if you're, like if you're gonna put in tens of thousands of dollars and you're just putting sh- pushing shit up a hill do you know what I mean you're going to end up failing anyways. But if you generally know, like I've had the foundations or this isn't working or you do, maybe you have a crappy product, but you don't want to admit it. Sometimes you've got to admit defeat or, you know, just pivot, do something different. Mm. And it's okay. You know, it's, mm. um, it's equally okay to stick with what is working, but equally okay to pivot. But so many businesses won't give themselves permission to pivot. I cannot wait until your retreat. And I'm so honored that you asked me to present at it. Are there any tickets left for that? There still are. Yep. So I think we've sold about 25% of the tickets. So yes, which is yeah, super exciting. We've got eight of Australia's leading female entrepreneurs who are going to be speaking, you being one of them, which is super exciting. And I guess the difference with my retreat is it's again about community and connection. So the speakers, as you know, are required to have you know lunch with us, dinner with us, attend the activities with us. There's no division between attendee and speaker. It's really about emerging everyone together. Um, yeah, so no, it's going to be awesome down at the Gold Coast, uh, October 24th through the 27th, uh, way before schoolies. So for those of you in Australia that think, <laughs> don't worry, we're four weeks away from schoolies. I've done that on purpose. But you know, I can't wait to have you there, Lisa. It's going to be a lot of fun. So where can people go if they want to get a ticket to that or know more about you, join your Facebook group, get yeah, more cool. of your genius? more of me a genius but again i'd love to get more of their genius too because i think we can all learn from each other so uh yeah so you can join my facebook group which is the is the australian business collaborative or you can head to my website where you'll find my podcast there business and life conversations you'll find my variety of different business blogs or you will also find tickets to the four-day three-night women in business retreats everything's at angelahenderson.com.au you're the best this was a really cool chat um so thank you for having me it's nice to chat, really. It is. <laughs> it is. Talking about Last time we were chatting, I think we were chasing our children around a hotel and they were swimming and complaining. So it's always good to chat without our littlies around. They were doing a war between the girls and the boys in a very small hotel room and we were just trying to ignore them. And they were really nerf bullets, I think, were flying by our heads at some yeah, stage. Yeah, it was real. It, it, was, it was good fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, the best is we're like, and this is what it's like, people. <laughs> this is we weren't behind a Mercedes or a Beamer <laughs> or you know, an airplane. We were literally sitting there having Nerf guns, like bullets fly past. So yeah, so it's good fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No worries. Everyone, Thanks so much for having me and have an awesome day. Go join the, her Facebook group. Be a part of the community. You will not regret it. Thanks, Ange. Bye, Annie. Well, that is another episode of the Keeping Business Real podcast done and dusted. But make sure that you don't miss out on knowing when I release the next one. Be sure to become a subscriber over on your podcast app of choice and make sure to leave a review. I would love to know what you're thinking of the podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is head straight to lisacorduff.com. I have an amazing cheat sheet there waiting for you to help you overhaul your marketing mindset. 
Let's face it, sometimes the selling part of business is the part that feels most icky. I want to help you out and I want to help you grow your business in an authentic way that feels really, really good to you. LisaCordup.com for your free cheat sheet and I'll see you in the next episode.